How y'all doing? Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. <laughs> How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> That's what you need to play right over this. Just... <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> How y'all doing? Because that's exactly how we come in here. <laughs> Tiptoeing, church finger in the air. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been too long. We're sorry. Where have you been all my life? Um, where, so where, where have you been? What's been going on? Okay, so I just, I'll, I'll take, look, I'll take ownership. I know. We have not recorded in a while, and you know, but so much has went on. You know our little catchphrase. There's so, so much, much going, going on. on. So I mean, um, with me, I I, I got the uh, COVID, y'all. I got the COVID. They got me, gal. <laughs> they got you, gal. They got um, you, and so gal. This, that was like the first week. So the first week that y'all didn't get an episode, that's what was going on. Um, and then you know, from that, I had to kind of you know wait it out and do my due diligence in quarantine and that was you know that was part of it and then after that things just kept happening um i also i'm I'm not gonna lie this last the latter half i'm now covid free um so yes pray he brought me through it yes praise god um not the laomi uh fingers (laughs) uh marcus drew still but um that's what i do now so instead of clap so yeah but i also had um now that I'm COVID free, I just went on like a little vacation, and so that was nice as well. Where'd you go? So me and my old man. Well, I so mine was a two part vacation. I had to go back. I went to Kentucky. It's graduation season. Congratulations right. to all the graduates out there. Congrats. Yes, grad. yes, yes. Um, and I had that, and then I came back and we uh, went to Vegas for Memorial Day weekend, and that was really nice. That mm-hmm. was a very nice. Little, it looked like fun. Yeah, we had a really good time. I got to see. A lot of the Rue girls, a lot of the um, girls, at, uh, Drag Race Live, which was really nice. Um, yeah, we just, yeah, we had a good time, and this was like my. Fr- I've been to Vegas a couple of times, but it was nice to do this one a little different. Um, when I'm usually in Vegas, I don't go off the strip; I stay on the strip, and I'm right. like always there. Right. But with this time you around, it was a little off. different. I ventured off the strip quite a bit, mm-hmm. and um, Vegas has some also some really cool places off the strip as well. You just got to kind of check them out. Um, but that was yeah, that was uh, super fun. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. So been a little bit all over. Um, what's been going on with you? Uh, uh, life happens. Life comes at you fast, man. And yeah, things happen, and you kind of have to pause and reflect and readjust yeah that's uh that is that is what we do that's how we evolve so yeah um, we'll talk about that a little bit more later too this self-awareness this evolving this this evolution okay all right but whatever well okay so we just wanted to give y'all that little disclaimer but we um but we are here and we are ready to give y'all one hell of a show there's so much going on so we're gonna be talking about everything from um the amber depp johnny heard uh no, amber depp johnny heard johnny amber depp amber heard johnny um depp. i think i might have a little malformant dyslexia say, we might want to get you checked out because i mean i'm this reading not, it right here but this is first time this is like a that. little it's like a little mouth form we might like, want to get you checked this dyslexia light yeah um and then i want to talk about monique 
Oh, and DL Hughley. And, you know, it's, it just mm. hasn't stopped. And then oh, we're going to be that. talking about, you know, BET award Lil nominations as well. So we have a lot of things to get into. Um, Marcus, are you ready? Let's do this. Let's start the show. everybody welcome back we are back y'all after a long hiatus your favorite hiatus (laughs) it was was wrong for me um your your beloved co-pop host i'm trent rashad and i'm marcus drew Steele, and we are back with co-pop so marcus let's talk first i mean we kind of talked about what we've been doing in the interim there's been so much going on, but the first thing that I want to address that I kind of want to kind of, you know, start from while we were um, away, there have been a number of uh, mass shootings happening in oh, our country. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to take a quick moment of silence um, for those families that have been affected by the mass shootings in Buffalo, in Tulsa, and in Texas. Um, so just a quick moment of silence for those families. I'm keeping you in my thoughts and prayers and sending you all positive vibes. Thank you for that. And so with that, I wanted to, you know, it's definitely a sobering moment, um, but something that's de- been on my heart mm-hmm. and on my mind, you know, just like these past couple of days and keeping up with the news coverage, it's been... Yeah, um, it's been a lot to take in. Quite serious. And I think you know with this hap- with these incidents happening so close together um hopefully it is going to be enough to um make some changes um around around gun control in our country so uh, I, it's, it's a lot to take in for me i i agree i agree yeah. something definitely needs to change okay I didn't want, I, I mean, I'm not trying to start us off on a down moment, but I yeah. did, that's something that I did want to address before we kind of went, you know, it, before we got into what we want to talk about. Um, so, uh, Marcus, talk to me a little bit about what you've been watching this I, week. That's what I was getting ready to say. There's also been a lot of good TV on or premiering or having premiere episodes. I've been watching, first off, I don't think we ever got to talk about Multiverse of Madness. Okay. We went to go watch Multiverse of Madness. What, were yeah, you, what did. did you think? What were your thoughts? I thought I'm going to I'm going to give you the line that I gave y'all at oh the theater. God. I could tell a lot of effort went into <laughs> putting it together, and I applaud the cast and beautiful crew for gowns. putting you know putting the beautiful, work beautiful gowns. to create that so that I could see it. No, I really enjoyed it. I think there were a couple of things I would have done differently, okay. but overall, I thought it was a very solid movie. Yeah, I feel like. For me, per- what I have come to expect from Marvel movies um, are much, you know, very jammed, action-packed uh, movies that kind of will kind of take you a little bit on a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. They can- There's plenty of highs and lows. And 
I don't know with Multiverse of Madness that the same trajectory went um, for for the story. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, it kind of for me it it kind of went on a on a straight on a just straight and narrow and quarter, kind of trailed off at the end. I it felt did. like. I felt, fizzle out a little bit at the end. Let's smidge. Yeah, and I and I don't like. I'm not saying you know that it wasn't. It didn't have its you know surprises and cameos mm-hmm. that made it exciting. Definitely, it had it had all of those things. But for me, it did feel very one note and very singularly focused on um, Wanda Maximoff and her. Um, I guess I mean what would you call it? would you call it a deterioration or decline like her well her um, character definitely took a little bit of a a left turn from the the work that they had put in and in WandaVision and WandaVision and yeah building her up to this point and I think the excuse or the or what they try to say is that oh well, it's the dark hold that's making her do this and stuff it was like well it's it's too fast of an adjustment I yeah. agree with that I thought Personally, I thought I would have liked a movie where Wanda was actually searching for her kids from WandaVision and needed Doctor Strange's help. And then they had to fight all of these things, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm also okay with Wanda being the villain, but like she wanted to steal her other self's kids. Like, yeah, I don't get that. For what, girl? Like, why <laughs> you i thought you wanted your kids back not this other lady's kids and it wasn't ex- and to me it wasn't explained yeah why it went why it got yeah. now why, why she's going that far now well because of the dark hole right allegedly. and i mean i think for for us to talk about the dark hole so much where was the dark hole <laughs> Where where was it? Or the uh, um, book of Ashanti? Or the book of <laughs> Oh baby, oh baby, can you ride with me? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what are we see the meme talking about? They had the book. <laughs> Doctor Strange had the book, and it's the I had the picture of Ashanti. On I should have tweeted that shit when I said because I said this in the theater. I started singing. Ooh, baby. I, like I like I should have tweeted when I when I thought it. Damn I it. laughed but, um, so hard. But yeah, I mean, like for us to talk so much about those things, the, it just there wasn't enough for me who is not deeply were, woven into the Marvel universe and knows right. every single thing and has seen every single movie. Right. There wasn't enough explained to me. Well, there, there um, were, those were the MacGuffins. The, yeah, the the Dark Hold and the Book of Ishanti were the MacGuffins. Like oh. Which we've got to get these to be able to beat whoever it is we need to beat or whatever. Yeah. And so it was kind of them just chasing their own tails a little bit. And it sort of been nice for like them to either consolidate and bring that the group together at some point to fight something else or have a, a little bit more of a clearer path than I think we got. Yeah. But I mean, obviously there will be a sequel. Definitely. There will be more. And what do you, what, what, films or what stories do you think will jump off from this from this launch pad from the multiverse of madness launch pad i think um you know because after watching all of the all of the the great channels on youtube about all of this stuff their incursions are going to be a big thing like that's um it's going to get to uh I think sort of like a battle world, I think is what they were saying, something like that. I forget. um, 
But everybody, it's Secret Wars. There it goes. Thank you. It was. Okay. It's supposed to get to like a Secret Wars kind of thing, and so there. I guess the next couple of films are going to deal with the, the what, like what Charlize Theron showed up and was like, "Yeah, you can help me fight this incursion." Blah blah. They're gonna have to save their universe. Something Got like it. Yeah. So saw that one, um, and then the young lady, her, America Chavez, is that her name? Mm-hmm. She's well. She will prop. She's has something in the works as well, oh, right? Yeah, she'll yeah, have yeah. something. She'll be back. Yeah. Oh yeah. She is an be, elephant heavy. Oh, I'll be back, baby. And she's gonna be Miss. No, who is she gonna be? Miss Marvel. She is technically Miss America. Miss America. That's right. And then there is a Miss Marvel, and then there's a Captain Marvel, and then there's another Maria Photon. and a Captain America who also took the Captain Marvel title. Yeah, these house House of House of America House of. And there is uh, a movie that they're working on that is called um, the Marvels, and it's going to kind of explain, and it's going to have Kamala Khan, Miss Naomi, Deshaun, (laughs) and um, and uh, Tiana Taylor. Tiana Photon. Taylor would be good too. And then Brie Danvers. Because Tiana Taylor, she she knows how to bug the house down. <laughs> Anyways, I thought Multiverse was good. Other than that, I've also this been watching. This was a spill segment. We just did a we spill really segment did on, on Multiverse. Yes, Madness. like, come on. Y'all are getting extra today. Whatever. Um, I'm obsessed with Love, Death, and Robots. Season three of that came out. That's what actually the show that I'm going to be talking about today. Um, but watched all of that. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All Star Seven yep. is doing the damn thing. How do you feel about that? It's going well. Like, do you enjoy it? Do you like it? Do you? I I'm in love with this, Marcus. We cannot we cannot review every show. Um, okay, but okay. this is this is yeah. Okay. It's going well. I feel like um, Raja is doing the damn thing, and yes. she's not getting necessarily her yes. flowers. I feel like Raja actually should have won the, the ball, ball challenge. She should have won you. that. Um, but I, I'm, I mean, I am loving what is happening. Um, I'm so glad that the Vivian has got a win now. Yeah. Um, she is a really strong queen for those that did not she see um, UK uh, season one. She's I mean, she's really good. Yeah. No, but no, I agree. I I really enjoy them all. And I think they're all so talented. And I from I think from episode to episode, it's tough to be like who's gonna be in the top because yeah. uh, they did the damn thing so i think that's going to continue and i'm i'm excited to see that um okay moving on i'm also watching obi-wan kenobi on disney plus another great show really great. really good great uh stranger things four great on netflix i'm on episode three right now there's a lot of tv going on legendary great. just dropped their next great. three episodes I, I by the i guess by the time this releases i will have watched them so i we can talk about those in the next podcast or we'll just talk about it as a whole se- season yeah of the show yeah. okay and um p valley just came back yep I, who's got a stars account i can borrow i need to come on let's <laughs> what do i just say <laughs> let me put put my, <laughs> put, put my yeah put my, give me a little bit of my shoulder you better come I've given Who's you all start? the sites to pirate. I've got to find P Valley though. I've told I've told you where to find it. I want to start watching that. Um, also, you've already seen it, but I've got to watch the Fire Island movie. I yep. will have watched that on Hulu uh, by the time this comes out. Okay. And I watched The Secrets of Dumbledore on nice. HBO Max. I wa- I got a lot of TV done. I'm glad y'all should be proud because y'all know I'm always slacking. I'm, I'm so proud of you. So. Good. What have you been watching? I watch everything, and that's Literally. where I'm going to leave it at. <laughs> I am 
knee deep in Housewives, <laughs> Atlanta, Beverly Hills, and Dubai. What do you think um, of Atlanta so right now? I'm I'm here for it. I think they're doing well. Yeah. Um, I'm also watching a number of shows on Hulu and HBO Max that have kind of just taken, you know, quite I've taken quite a liking to. So you're gonna get you're gonna get individual spotlights on all of the things that I'm watching. I don't see how you have so much time to watch all of this TV like this. Well, I mean, maybe you just went through 17 shows. So what are you talking <laughs> about? I've had like you, three I mean, weeks to watch. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, hold on now. now yeah, whoa, whoa, you just, whoa. I mean, Those literally, you went through 20 you shows. Read. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I'm watching this. I'm watching. You, literally, it's you gone over through trying to be 20 like, shows. You let me run through my list, and then you're just going to be like, oh, I'm. I'm watching everything. I just can't. I can't. You okay, can't bitch, go through well, like every <laughs> single show that I'm watching. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think. Whatever. No, I mean, big things this week. The tempt. I finally finished Temptation Island, which was very interesting. Um, very interesting reunion. Probably uh, one of the more explosive reunions that oh, I have really? seen in Temptation Island on USA history. Um, for those who watch it, LaSalle's is a um manipulator master manipulator i was actually fooled by this guy um all throughout the season watching him and i was like how beautiful it is to have you know a black man like sharing his feelings in this way but he is a master manipulator and it was all an act and so you know lascelles you you have so much growing up to do, young man. How did you um, know that so, it was an act? Or how did you find out? Because there were things that were revealed during the reunion about his involvement with other uh, cast members on the show after the show wrapped. Um, that, you know, was really interesting because he had made the decision to leave his relationship of seven years mm-hmm. um, while on the island to get with this, to be with this girl, Trace, that he had met only for like, three weeks mm-hmm. um and you know talked about how deep this connection was and how you know so many things and um yeah it was revealed on the reunion that he was involved with some of the other female cast members um during the same interim like that time in between the show rapping and the reunion so and so what is he doing now um is i'm not sure I, I, no i don't think he's gonna be with anybody i think he's actually gonna be alone and mm. um if i mean if you are interested i'm sure that they have clips of it on youtube to kind of see just exactly how it all went down but he was definitely left with egg on his face um just yeah it was it was a very good reunion so shout out to temptation island hmm. shout out okay uh all right that's uh, i'm tons of tv and we'll have tons of yeah. tv shows to talk about so yep. Um, you want to move on? Yeah, let's go to our beloved segment of this podcast entitled Woo Child. This is the moment of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments of the week, things that made us say Woo Child. Marcus, you're up first. Let's talk monkeypox. I just want to get this out of the way. <laughs> is this a PSA? Is this a what? Have is you this? heard about this? Yeah, I've heard about it. So when I heard about it, <laughs> they were like, "Oh yeah, there are um, a select number of cases of monkeypox in the United States." I think they said one was in Utah, or Nevada, or something like that, and then one was somewhere east of like Pennsylvania, I think, or um, something. Uh, 
and then they I, I was like okay well this is uh, you know they sounds like it got under control and then they started saying um describing the type of people who had it okay <laughs> and that was the game that was what got you <laughs> Because yeah. the type of people that have it, they were like, oh, these are men in their 30s who have sex with other men. And you said, <laughs> and I, said I felt attacked. You felt a gas. You felt attacked. <laughs> Scandalo. And I was like, well. That hurt you. Well, all right. So I guess this is now something else that I have you to You need be to listen to and be open of. and ready for. <laughs> because it's something I don't want to catch. But I just wanted to say that this CNBC article um, is now saying as of June 4th that the U.S. has distributed 1,200 do- 1, doses of vaccine across the U.S. for people who have had high-risk exposure to monkeypox. The U.S. has two vaccines in its national stockpile that can be used against monkeypox. Um, and most people who catch monkeypox generally recover in two to four weeks without specific medical treatment. So I think it's like I was listening to a podcast about it, and they were yeah. saying that one of the um, the only way to catch it is through like prolonged touch, but or contact with someone who already has the sores on them, mm. I guess, or the the monkeypox or whatever. So just be safe. Something be to be safe. aware of. Um, um, and you know, wash your hands. Line up for the vaccinations. Vaccinations are available at the Lucky Horseshoe <laughs> on Halstead, um, and there's also vaccinations stations going to be set up all across North Halstead. What are you talking about? For the monkeypox vaccine. Who? All the gay boys that need it. <laughs> but how do you know there's gonna be vaccine up there? You don't they, know. That. They need to that's where they that's give it to the community. <laughs> Put the vaccines in the hands of the people of the community who need it. Okay. Moving on. That a woo child. <laughs> I forgot this is the woo child segment. <laughs> woo child. A mess. A uh, mess. What do you have? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is that I am so happy, guys, because um, uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard oh. court uh, co- summer courtroom has come to wow, a wow, wow. close. After how many I mean, weeks? I mean, this thing this has like went on. Months? This thing went on for at least three months um, and has dominated YouTube, TikTok. All the social medias. I mean, I can't scroll without seeing something yeah. about this case. People are really invested um, in it this. It was, but I think, you know, someone made a very interesting point, and I can't remember if it was on TV or someone's podcast, but basically talking about, you know, there's always some kind of summer court yeah. court case that, like, just takes over mm-hmm. the entire t- television and social media for the summer. Um, kind of dating all the way back to, like, and they had like dated them all the way back to like the OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. But um, I'm so glad that this has finally come to a close or a close ish because there might be an appeal filed. But it appears as though Johnny Depp and Amber Heard have, were both uh, awarded money in their suits but against the each other. Is yeah, astonishing. but the, the difference is quite astonishing. The so for those who don't know, uh, Johnny Depp. Let's say what Amber got first. Well, hold on. So I'm just gonna tell them why it was why it was there. So Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for fifty million dollars for defamation Defamation, um, after she wrote a 2018 Washington Post essay um, that basically illustrated Johnny Depp as an abuser. Um, Now, as I told you, Johnny Depp sued for fifty million dollars for a defamation suit. Amber Heard went back and countersued for a hundred million dollars okay um claiming that her uh, claiming that her um accusations were real and that you know she was 
she was the victim of abuse and that he was very violent uh, with her. And any abuse that she had put forth was in self-defense. So, I mean, over these past three months, they've brought all in all kind of witnesses, witnesses people to talk. Evidence. Both Johnny Depp and Amber Heard have taken the stand. And Multiple the, times. And the jury has finally decided what the settlement is going to be. Oh my gosh. So, for Johnny Depp, who first started out counter, uh, suing for 50 million, has now been awarded 10 million in damages as well as an additional 5 million. So, 15 million dollars all together. Yeah. All right. And now we're going to go to Amber Heard, who <laughs> countersued for 100 million dollars. Yeah. Um, the jury awarded Amber Heard 2 million dollars <laughs> in damages and nothing in uh, punitive damages. So, um, 15 million to 2 million. That I mean, it's very clear where I feel like the, the jury the decided. Jury, yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm. <laughs> wow. I, I I mean, what do, what does that mean? That uh, is that that is that is not saying that he did not do what Amber is claiming he she did. She couldn't. But that, that she cannot say yeah. that she's got to keep that opinion to herself. Basically, what it basically what it's saying is that Heard could not substantiate her allegations against Johnny Depp were um were false. She could not she could not substantiate that. So they're calling her allegations false. They're saying calling? that she could not prove them. They, there was not enough evidence for them to pr prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was responsible for the for the. Um, abuse of abuse allegations well then the court has spoken so I mean with this I think it's very interesting and very telling number one what this has kind of shown me a little bit not to say because <laughs> me and my old man we've talked about this <laughs> we've talked about this case plenty of times in the house mm -hmm. um, and you know what we've both kind of come around to is that it seems as though both of these people were in the wrong on some yeah, level clearly yeah, right yeah there was definitely things going on in on the both. home that should not have been going on right. but with this it has been a very interesting portrayal or at least um for me observation of the portrayal of amber heard in the mm -hmm. media like she's gotten a lot of just flack. how much flack she's gotten over this and yes i mean it sounds like that there were lots of Funny things and crazy things that were happening, but it it's been surprising to see how much the um, negativity has torn yeah. towards her and yeah. so much of support has gone for Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Um, well, he's I mean, and I'm I'm not I'm not taking sides in this. I'm just reporting the facts. He, I'm pretty sure the reason why he was suing for so much for this defamation libel because he lost out on some pretty big movie roles. Yeah, he definitely did. That he um, was involved it, it with. It ended the Pirates. And ended the Pirates franchise, franchise yeah. because of, and got kicked out of Harry Potter, yep. um, Fantastic Beasts, and um, so he like lost work or whatever, you know? So I mean... Amber Heard said she also lost work, said that she was going to be put out the, new the Aquaman, Aquaman. Um, said that her part was reduced because of some of this. They actually brought the guy in to be like, that's not true. Her part was always going to be. Stop that. Don't do that. I was like, that. okay, y'all. Now, y'all didn't have to say that. Right. Y'all don't he, do that. I mean, they, they literally brought in, I mean, they brought witnesses out the woodwork on this. Um, so, so, yeah. You got the coin. Very interesting. I think 
where the where does this go from here? I think Amber Heard is going to file an appeal. There has been talks about yeah. her doing that. I think that there was a GoFundMe set up to kind of help her pay all the damages that she has to pay to Johnny Depp because she's came out saying that she couldn't afford it. Um, and you know, just all, you know, all of these things. So um, very interesting. We'll see what happens, but I'm glad that this is going to be off of my TV for a little while. Yeah, I don't even watch. Woo, chow. Um, it's Pride Month. Yep. Let's talk about Let's it. Let's celebrate. You know, this is the time of year where all of the corporations, you know, roll out the the rainbow carpet. Performative activism. <laughs> um. So this story actually comes from Queer Tea, uh, and it's about Burger King Austria doing a proud campaign with their Whopper. And so they gave one Whopper to Tops, and they gave the other Whopper to Bottoms. And so you can either have the two Bottoms sandwich, or you can have the two Tops sandwich. What are your thoughts? This is what happens when you have someone you see on picture? your- Yeah, I see the picture. Um, this is what happens when you have someone on your team that is gay, <laughs> and is too comfortable, <laughs> um, and is thinking about you know what would be funny to him <laughs> and his friends, and not necessarily to an entire community of uh, people. <laughs> that's that's what this is this is someone who thought it would be you know what we and probably shopped it around to their friends it was like well what if we did this and they was like girl that'd be funny i mean this does this doesn't look any more like uh this the uh the sandwich with the two bottoms just looks like a like a regular like club sandwich it looks or like a sourdough or something yeah. yeah and then the one on the left just looks like one of those brioche buns yeah with sesame seed right i mean but yeah i mean it's you know hey whatever cute Good child. go for I'm, it i'm over this story <laughs> go Moving for on. It. what do you got um so i wanted to talk really quickly about the monique dl hughley situation oh, have you heard yeah. this yeah um so i was a little surprised to see um this kind of so early on the heels of her makeup with lee daniels but monique has recently started another feud with um, or I won't say start, but it's in a feud right now, apparently with D.L. Hughley um, after a Detroit comedy show, which Monique says that she was supposed to be the actual headliner. But D.L. Hughley actually ended up as the final headliner for the show. Um, have you heard any of the story or anything? No, I haven't. OK, I just so I'll just headline. break it down for you really quickly. Okay. Monique gets to the venue the day of the actual show. She sees the schedule and D.L. Hughley has been listed as the actual headliner. Um, now, this is not necessarily connected to what she has came in thinking. She thinks that she's going to be the closer for the show. Uh, prior to this, she set up the, the, a contract uh, with with the promoter that, that she would deal? be the headliner. And that was part of okay. the deal. And that's cool. what she shared with us, that that was her understanding. Got it. Um, so the day of the show comes mm -hmm. and now she's not the headliner and D.L. Hughley is the headliner. OK, so, yeah. What's, what's um, and going so on? basically, I guess there is some type of conversation in between which Monique who? decides to between uh, Monique and the promoter okay. or Monique's manager her husband and the promoter mm -hmm. in which Monique decides to go on stage ahead of DL she decides to go ahead and go with the actual schedule as it's as it currently stands so okay. she wouldn't necessarily be the headliner anymore okay once she gets on stage she begins her set 
and very quickly starts to go in on D.L. Hughley, um, making a lot, lots of different jokes um, at his expense, um, things around the nature of, you know, what does DL stand for? How how long you been to Nova? If you really on the DL, um, you know, making comments. I'm I, I feel sorry for your wife. She has to you know, she has to suck the D of a coward, and you know, just like a yeah. lot of yeah, a lot of things kind of Dang. really thrown at him on this show. Now, this is I I saw I watched the tape. I don't get to see what D.L. Hughley's response is that night. I don't know if he said anything. I don't know if he just went ahead with his regular set or whatever. But shortly after, a number of social media posts are coming from both camps, Monique's camp and D.L. Hughley's camp, basically saying, you know, D.L. side saying, like, against our better judgment, we decided to work with Monique and go, you know, be a part of this with her. She's an occupational hazard. Um things of that nature monique's camp is like dl hughley y'all need to release like let show us your contract if you if you were the headliner show us your contract um and asking to see that DL that's hughley, what i would have asked so dl hughley posts a deal memo on social media that has it all the way outlined dl hughley is the headliner of the show dl hughley will have final say of the lineup dl hughley will be promote you know all of the things with the headliner piece monique fires back saying that's a deal memo i want to see the actual contract um and so she posts her contract i'm just saying post mine and then dl hughley is like well wait because this contract looks like it's been drafted by hicks management he was like that's your production company that's your entertainment company so he was like you trying to want you want us to believe that this is something from you know a contract that you drafted up a lot of the comedians in the industry saying that sometimes that is perfectly acceptable. Like we can draft up our own contracts and have the, the promoter sign it. Mm -hmm. Now, none of the either camp, I don't think to this date has produced a actual signed contract. What they all look like are just like drafts of contracts or partially signed contracts. Um, they end up kind of. It, this this kind of fizzled out a little bit. I feel like a lot of the celebrities started to kind of come in when this got big and kind of, you know, hit in saying like, Monique, this is not necessarily, you know, some, this is not a problem with DL. You have a problem with the promoter. Right. And Monique is doubling down and saying, no, my problem is with DL. That there have been several things that have happened with them over the years that she, you know, that she either had let slide or didn't address. Um, and so mm. she she said it was always her intent to go over and, um, you know, kind of blast him on stage like she did. She said that was always she's like he had it coming um, contract or not. And Dio's like, no, she's mad because she couldn't be the headliner. And, you know, he kind of went on. He talked about it a while on his podcast. And he was like and uh, as well as on social media. And like he was like. First it was Lee Daniels, then it was Tyler Perry, then it's Oprah, then it's he's like it can't be everybody. He was like sometimes it's just you. Um, I'm not sh I'm not exactly sure what to think about this. From what it sounds like, the promoter probably tried to play both of them. I mean, it's, it sounds like the promoter played them both. But now Mo with Monique coming and out against Dia like that, I don't know what that was about, and I don't feel like that that was necessarily necessary. I feel like she yeah. probably could have either. Paid it and was like, I'm gonna do it, and then I'm just not gonna, you know, do 
kick it with y'all anymore. Like I don't have to do business with y'all ever again right. or something. I just don't feel like that that was the right way for her to go about handling the situation. Yeah. I just, Mon- Monique, we just had this conversation. We said we were going to put our head down and start working again. And, you know, like we don't need these bombastic, like, ugh, just, Take care of this behind the scenes. Like I, I understand the emotions. I understand the feelings. I understand if you know if he you felt like he had it coming and you felt like he has done you wrong several times. And they the stuff that she was talking about, talk. though, Marcus, I was like, okay, like, but this, it wasn't any. So it wasn't anything like big. I thought it was. I thought it was crazy. Some of the examples that she kept sharing, which were like, I think he, I think DL Hughley did speak on the situation when. You know, everyone was asking about people what they thought about, you know, Monique's being blackballed and things like that. And he probably did say something that was like, Mm -hmm. you know, like she probably should chill or something like that. But then she also brought up an instance in which she did his radio show, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't there that day. He was like, like, so he had like a guest, like the guest host or guest lead host or whatever doing like an interview and she felt like that they were asking disrespectful questions hmm. and that he was somehow, you know, kind of res- held responsible for that. Hmm. And I'm like, that, these, these, I'm like, girl, no. I was like, these uh, examples you keep bringing up, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't get with. want to defend her so bad. I do. I mean, I defend her in the sense that, yeah, this, pro- uh. this pro- the promoter probably did yeah. do some dirty shit and was like that wasn't right but like i also have to when i can acknowledge you that you're right i'm also gonna have to call you down when you're wrong and like right going the way that she went and handled that on stage was just like not the not the way to do it i don't think so either maybe a joke or two and, and like move on with your set no it was no marks it was not- like a good I'm going to say a good seven to eight minutes of jokes and talking about the contract situation. Hmm. Yeah. Damn. Ooh, child. Ooh, child. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I have on here to talk about is uh, just a lot of people are asking. A lot of people are wondering because the girls are not on the tennis court Venus and Serena have not played a tournament in almost a year, mm. and the, the the rumor mill is spreading that they may be retiring soon, officially. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if this is the case, but and I think it sparked more rumors because the Wimbledon lineup just came out, and they're not on it, mm. and everybody thought that they would at least be playing Wimbledon. I personally think the perfect end for them, play the U.S. Open, it's your home slam, and you go out there. Do you think that they are ready? I I mean, do you feel like them retiring now is pretty much standard for what to expect in the tennis industry? Well, they have gone far beyond standard. Oh, wow. Um, both of them are forty. Well, yeah. Well, then let them re- let them sit down. If they, I mean, if they've gone beyond what's like the the average the guess, average yeah that's the average age for a retired. Let me Google this just to make sure. Google it because the average I would be age interested. for a retired tennis player. You would be shocked. Hold on. 
I hope it's not like gymnastics. You'd be like aging out of that very, like if you, yeah. Yes, the average age. I'm going to say 26. Mm-hmm. 27. Okay, 27. I'm okay. Yeah, because I also, that's about the time that I started to transition out of the tennis <laughs> circulation <laughs> circuit. The Venus and Serena are both 40. Okay, and so. still actively playing. Yeah. I, no, so like. They've far beyond They've definitely the earned it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's just, I, again. It's it's it it will be a sad day because it's gonna be the end of an era. era. But you have the girls coming up. There's there's a number of girls coming up. Ain't no girls out right now that are going that are gonna ever be doing. Maybe not not just yet, but maybe they gotta get. You know, I'm not saying that they're gonna you know be just like them, but we have we have a we have some new girls to champion. When I say be just like them, be just as dominant as they were. And win as many titles. I don't see that for any of these girls who are actively playing. It'll be right the now. end of an era, yes, for sure. But we knew it was going to come. I mean, they are mothers now, and yeah. like they have, you know, businesses. families and businesses, and making movies, and yeah. yeah, winning Oscars. Hello. So I mean, I love this, and I I think you know, knowing when to fold them, knowing when to hold them, <laughs> I think is very important. Well, I I don't know. Obviously, these are clearly just rumors. So I they will go to out on top. It. Well, I mean, they're gonna go out on top regardless because that's them. I mean, like Serena has the most slams of um, any woman. Post, I, it's a little sticky. Okay, Sports Center, <laughs> get it together. It's a little sticky because Margaret uh, Margaret Court won hers before the open era began. But Margaret wasn't even cool like that. And she's not. She's racist. Too. Yeah, like, come on. I don't even... Come on. Um, you know I know my tennis stuff. Don't play with me. I'm... Anyways. Call me Arthur Ash, baby. I just wanted to say Wu Chow to Woo that. Wu Chow. Uh, do you have anything a celebratory else? celebratory Wu Chow. Um, it's like a... a Wu Chow. Wu Chow. I'm tired. I'm, yeah, Woo I'm leaving. Child, I'm tired. Um, the only thing I wanted to talk about is... You know what? I can't even believe this is happening. I hope this gets thrown out. They are trying to sue the doll Mariah Carey. I saw this. I over mean, the number one. Over, summer, I mean, literally over all I want for Christmas is you, which is, case. um, I mean, what's come on, the, let's talk about it. Let's let me so, see what they talking about. All right. Um, Mariah Carey, as well as her co-writer, uh, and I'm going to really try to get this name right. Walter. A Fonsif. A Mr. Walter, I'm sorry, but um, they have been named in a lawsuit by another songwriter whose name is Andy Stone. Now, this is all reported through Deadline. He is suing for $20 million in damages, claiming that Mariah Carey and Walter's song, All I Want for Christmas is You, is a copyright infringement. Now, what happens is Andy Stone released a song, All I Want for Christmas is You, in 1989, okay? And that he says that it has received airplay. Um, The song actually came out um, in the 1993 holiday season and received extensive airplay um, over the radio. Now, Mariah Carey's song came out in 1994, Okay, same title. 
and they said that there's really not there's like not a, there's not a huge likeness i've not heard this uh andy stone I'm reading and they're saying that the, the likeness is very slim yeah they said it's a very it's just like a hint mm-hmm. of you know some similarity but so only a hint of but you know when it comes to title call out technically andy stone did have the, it out a year prior um to mariah carey and then releasing but that was that on song. the radio i don't remember that being on the radio well i'm uh, hey now listen, I don't know, I don't, but hey. I remember all I want for Christmas being on the radio <laughs> by Mariah Carey, and I was uh, listening to the radio at 94, 93. So the thing with this is though, is that it's he's only going after currently Mariah Carey and Mr. The Walter, writer. the songwriters. But but listen to this. Pamela Coslin, who um, is an attorney in uh, LA, she does she specializes in like kind of music, intellectual part, property, music and intellectual property. Excuse me. Um, she discovered that there are a hundred and seventy-seven songs or works. Let me say that a hundred and seventy-seven works with "All I Want for Christmas Is You" as the title. So I don't see lawsuits for them. Clearly not, because this, I mean, this song has gone on to make so many, you want to go so much money. The, the legendary song. But very, a very oh, interesting child. situation. I have no clue how this is going to turn out. I hope it gets th- thrown out. I mean, when you think about like Mariah Carey, All I Want For Christmas Is You, I mean, it's had over 1 billion streams um, in Spotify alone last year and has had lots of number one runs on the billboard music charts so i mean it's definitely iconic and i feel like that this is somebody who was trying to find a loophole um and go after and go after some money this is a money grab to me what are your thoughts how lovely it must on the case the case this is nothing i don't think this is gonna amount to anything you think it's gonna get thrown out good luck to that man um Go through some of them other works. What I you would be better off. What I think is so fascinating, though, is just the 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 ability to write a hit that like you could live off for the rest of your life. Like the I mean, amount yeah. of money that that song brings in. There's every a lot of people year, have done that. Like, yeah. What is that like? Hey, I mean, a lot of girls have done that. What, a lot of women, a lot of men to like get a check in the mail every month for like hundreds of thousands of dollars i mean it's just the level of mastery and it's a le- i think from i think it's a level of mastery and it's a level of confirmation that you're doing what you're on this earth to do so at a very high level yeah but so yeah i hope it gets thrown out Wu Chow for me as well he'll be better off going against you know those other works of people instead of other works. instead of mariah carey's lawyers <laughs> because what what mariah carey say Give me a Shapiro on the phone, case closed. <laughs> oh, 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 you should have known what I already yes. knew. You never know hey, what I hey. after everything. But woo, child. <laughs> um, I said no. <laughs> no, no. Is that all? That's all you have? Is that That's all you have? That's all I have. Okay, let's take a break. Let's we take a break. Yeah, we've talked a lot. Talked quite a bit. Well, it's two hours in, um, and we still <laughs> have to near. do the episode spotlights. I'm, I'm talking about Atlanta this week, and I'm talking about love, death, and robots. All right, so we'll be right back, and we'll be back with the episode spotlights.
Hey everyone, and we are back Hello. with your episode spotlights of the week. Uh, this week, I am covering FX Atlanta. Um, I'm sure oh, yeah. most of you know Atlanta. We are in season three of the show uh, that uh, Donald Glover is behind. He is he's not only stars in it, but he is also a writer as well as a director um, of the show and executive producer as well um oh damn yeah he's yeah very big into the uh he was doing all that no very big into the creative process for this and actually with season three i think these are the most probably the most episodes that he's written um for the season Mm -hmm. uh so which i thought was actually really cool so so many things that i have i want to talk about with the season in general but atlanta for me has always been the show that has kind of been the kind of um it's it's a comedy but it's also right. has a hint of sci-fi spookiness mm-hmm. and uh gives you a little political social commentary which i think is really cool it has a little bit of everything all wrapped into one and i mean what have we come to expect from donald glover when you think about projects like this is america it all it has that shock factor but it also has you know some things that you can uh, find super entertaining um I think the first thing I want to hit is the format for season three. Okay. So Atlanta usually surrounds um, Donald Glover's character, who is Ernest, also goes by Earn, who is a manager for his cousin, who's a rapper, Paperboy. Paperboy. Yeah. Um, and it's they bring them as well as another friend played by Lakeith Stanfield, as uh, and then Earn's uh, baby mama. What's her name? Um uh zazzy beats yes Zazie um beats. so she plays van who is earns on again off again girlfriend as well as the mother of his child lottie and um it usually surrounds them in atlanta kind of you know talking doing all the things that come with being a rap star and trying to you kind of make it in the industry right this season kind of flipped everything on its head. So it took them out of Atlanta and put them smack dab in the middle of Europe. Mm -hmm. So you see this group navigating a brand new environment as well as all of the trials and tribulations that come with being a rising music superstar. Um, Paperboy is doing well in his uh, European tour, hitting Amsterdam, London, a number of places uh, across uh, across the country and um, across the continent. And there have been, <laughs> I guess I'll say, there's quite a few antics that come with them doing this all, all across the season, but we'll get into that a little bit later. The season three format, I think, was brilliant, which was the show would have one episode that would be focused completely on um, a certain topic or kind of social commentary. And it wouldn't use any of the regular characters, main characters from the show. So, like, our very first episode was not an episode that had Donald Glover in it, Zazie Beetz, um, the guy who plays Paperboy, who, his name, um, let me go pull his name up really quickly. Um, But Brian Tyree Henry Mm -hmm. and Lakeith Stanfield. So, you don't see any of them throughout these episodes. Mm -hmm. But it's an all brand new cast and it usually covers something like, that's either happened in real life and a reimagining of that, or it does talk about certain things. There's like an episode on reparations. There's an episode on um, 
owning your blackness and, and things like that. So it was a really mm-hmm. cool format because you have, and it always, they always alternate it. So it was one of those episodes and then you get more of a traditional episode of Atlanta that surrounds the gang and them doing all of the fun stuff. So it was really cool to see how they alternated that. So, you, you know, one week would be the social commentary episode and then the next week would be Earn and the gang hanging around Amsterdam or London or, you know, what have you. Really cool format. I think... For that, it brought out a lot of cool standout episodes that I want to talk about later. But we didn't get my only critique of this was that I felt like because we alternated those, we didn't get so much character development of the main characters of the people that I like to see. Mm, I don't feel like I got to see a lot of things happen with Earn this season. Um, And that was... That was different from what I'm what I'm usually come to expect from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the season really focused on two characters in particular. That was Zazie Beat's character, Van, as well as Brian Tyree Henry's character, Paperboy. Um, and there were some really cool things happening with both of them. Um, Zazie Beat's character, Van, comes into the comes into the season pretty early on um, because she usually would not be with touring with the group Mm -hmm. because she's, you know, she has a child and, you know, she has her own obligations back in Atlanta, but we learned very early on that there's something going on with her, maybe like mental health wise where she needs just to kind of have a break in a way. And so it's kind of painted that this is kind of some time, much needed time away that she's having while she is um, touring with, with touring with Mm -hmm. Paperboy and the, and the, and the group. So it it does take us through quite a bit, but the season finale, she has a very huge episode that happens. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it was really cool to see how they developed this character and really talked about some of the anxieties and pressures that we all deal with. Um, Being young people who are, you know, trying to juggle everything. And so I thought it was, I thought that that was a really cool commentary. And then Paperboy's character has a really deep, poignant episode um, in which he is, you know, he's kind of dealing with some some things and some traumas of um, being a rap star and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, dealing with like some imposter syndrome. And I thought I thought it was really cool how they uh, brought that in a couple of different episodes. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I want to talk about is the cameos there were so many cameos this season and it really did wear me out because i've always been used to seeing like some cameos of it atlanta celebrities in the show right you know they'll have like michael vick in the episode or you know some things like that but this season the cameos were very strategic and very interesting um some of the cameos of people and i'll kind of go through the list now chet hanks liam neeson george wallace Kevin Samuels, um, as well as Alexander Skarsgård, some of them were like paint playing them actual their actual selves, mm-hmm. um, but just either like heightened versions of who we know them to be in the media. So like Liam Neeson talking about racism and talking about the actual, you know, the canceled thing that he went through about, you know, killing black men. Um Chet Hanks, who's doing like this like faux Jamaican accent after he's been called out several times for that. You know, it was just very interesting how they went about 
bringing these people in and cameos. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, how did you guys get these people to do this? How could you get these people to come on here and act like actually make fun of themselves a little bit more? Right. Um, and I thought that, that was I thought that was really interesting. Alexander Skarsgård's character, I hope that that is not any version of him highly uh problematic and needs to get some help. Um the Kevin Samuels cameo came directly after we learned that he had passed. Mm. And I thought that that was like super eerie, super weird. Um, but has a really good part in uh, one of the, uh, one of the shows, uh, one of the episodes, rich wigger, poor wigger. Um, so I wonder if you ever um, got to see it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was really weary and like, not weary, but eerie how it happened. Um, so close mm. to so close to his passing um my standout episodes there were so say, many yeah, were there were so out? many great episodes because they're all standalone and they were just amazing pieces of art it felt like all of them and so the first one i wanted to highlight was the season opener which was the three slaps episode this was a social commentary episode and it was based on a real life situation the hart family murders um that happened uh actually not too long ago um a very like a very powerful episode that had a little bit of hope and whimsy um at the very end um for mm -hmm. kind of you know for what happened in which it, it was a it was a murder suicide um in which oh yeah it was a um a a couple a lesbian couple who had a ton of adopted foster kids um actually like drove off it, it appears as though oh yeah yes that they drove off the that. cliff they and drove so, off the cliff yeah and it's the, the little boy, boy. so the, the that first episode uh, i would say if you i mean uh, i would really watch it like no it's very strong it's a very no. strong episode but it, it kind of it's based on that so that was that. one of the standouts for me i thought that they did extremely well with it cancer attack is another episode that happened I love this episode. It is quintessential Atlanta with all of the, you know, theatrics and hoops and loops for a ending that just kind of leaves you feeling like you've been slapped in the face. Um, and then a personal favorite of mine was Trini to the bone. I um, love the little, <laughs> I love the little boy that plays um, the, uh, the, the son in this show. It's what, it's also a political mm -hmm. like kind of social commentary episode about mm -hmm. a, caregiver who dies and kind of what that does to her family and what it did to her family but also what it had given to this very wealthy um wealthy family as well so all in all it was an amazing season i loved i loved it i will definitely be going back and watching episodes of atlanta season three um season four we'll see what happens it has been announced that donald glover will be this will be the final season yeah. of atlanta um next season and so i can only think what happens um and what they have cooked up but there's been they have a really they have a lot of good stuff to launch off of and go on i thought it was a really good season i'm gonna get around to watching it at some point i do i want to start you, back i think over that again. you would like it it's like i said so. it's it's um I it's tv that's it's entertaining and it is intellectual as yeah. well i started watching in season one but for some reason i just kind of stopped yeah, so I'll no. get around. But love it, cool. love it, love it. All right, awesome. Um, is that it? That's it for me. 
Cool. Well, let's take a break, and then I'll come back with my TV show spotlight, Love, Death, and Robots. Hey, everybody, we are back, and it is time for my TV show spotlight, and I wanted the chance to talk about Volume 3 of Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Now, I don't think you, I, I think you've watched a couple of these of the past seasons. No. In the past, yes. I think I, I have remember not. showing you one. No. At some point. But no, the last thing with robots I watched was BattleBots <laughs> on Comedy Central, I think it was. <laughs> oh, but that's an old show. Yeah, it was a really good show, too. Old show. Did it come on MTV, too? I don't know, but I remember watching on Comedy Central, and it was so, a good show. Anyways, uh, this show is a great show. Um, what is this series? And so it's an animated anthology series. It's sci-fi. It's different types of animations. It's different types of stories. But it's all types of genres. And so there's romance. You got comedy. You got action. You got sci-fi. And you got just plain like weird, gory shit. That it's it's very interesting. But this show has been a hit. Like they have won eleven Emmys um, off of three seasons or two seasons because the third season just premiered. So I mean, the critics are liking it, and it's it's getting. It's getting animators and visualists and all of these other people um, a chance to really, really highlight specific works that they're doing. Where's the show at? It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, and and there's three seasons already or three volumes already up there. Um, they're short, and so each episode they all range from like one episode could be five minutes, another episode could be seven minutes, and another episode is fifteen minutes or something. So I mean. The time ranges on all of them is just kind of up to mm-hmm. that 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 personal cast and that team of whoever was working on that story. But out of volume three, I just wanted to highlight some of the ones that I liked um, and some that were just really, really weird as I just go down the list of the seven that are on here. Um, three Robots was a popular one from season one because <laughs> they um, got a sequel to the one that from a past season. Okay. And so it was kind of a continuation of something that we had saw past in a past season. Bad traveling was a very, very weird one. This one, you know, I'm not a gore kind of girl. I don't, I don't do gore and chopping off heads and stuff. And there was a lot of gore in this. There was a crab just killing people. And it was like this mythical monster or whatever. And like just tearing people apart and then using like their torsos to speak and all of that. It was very, very weird. Um, but I, that was that one was very interesting. Then you had the very pulse of the machine. You have Night of the Many Dead. I think you would have liked that one. It was very silly. It was very funny. Um, okay. Kill Team Kill was another gory one with the bear that was ripping people apart. That was crazy. Swarm, Mason's Rats, Invaulted Halls, Entombed, and Jabaro. Jabaro is the one that you see on all of the promo materials because it's the most visually stunning. And so I think that's definitely going to get them another Emmy because it nice. is amazing the way that it looks. Um, but yeah, go check it out on Netflix. I just wanted to highlight that it's a very short series. So, I mean, it's a, not a huge time investment. I watched it all in one night um, because they, they, fl- they all kind of, they're curated also really well. And so they all give you 
a, a palate, you give you a palate cleanser and then they dive you back into something else. Hmm. And it's, it's definitely a, an event. So you should check it out um, on Netflix. There are three seasons up now. And that's my show. All right. Ba-boom. Okay. Spotlight. So um, let's take another break. All right. And we will be back with our signature segment, Fizz or Flat. All right, and we are back. It is time for our signature segment of the podcast, Fizz or Flat. This is the time of the show where Marks and I get to go over those pop culture pop culture moments of the week mm-hmm. and give them a fizz if we're feeling them or a flat, flat if, if we're, we're not. not. My tongue is heavy. Heavy. Heavy, heavy. Yeah. All uh, right. You go first. You want me to go first? Yes. Um, the first thing I want to talk about would be... Uh, LeBron James. LeBron uh, James. LeBron. It came out earlier this uh, this past week that LeBron James is officially the first billionaire active NBA player. Mm. Let me say that again. He is the first active NBA player to become an, a billionaire. Shout out to him. All right. Now, this is really cool. Um, you know, other billionaires that have played ball, of course, Michael Jordan is probably the the top one. Um but he was, got a lot of his money. Well, yeah, after you know, after yeah. retiring and, and doing, you know, all of those the things. But and... I think that this is what I love most about LeBron James and him now officially reaching this status is I feel like this will be he'll be able to take the things that he wants to do even more. I've talked on this show about some of the, yeah, um, the really cool things that he's done, schools, the school. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that work will continue. Yeah, um, and I'm glad to see that he's able to kind of put himself in, the, in, in, in these circles um, while still playing, while still playing ball. So fizz, definitely a fizz for me. Um, hopefully I think, Going forward, there might be an opportunity for this to happen for more NBA players. Um, and if there's the correct money management, if there's the correct team, you could also have this situation. I mean, it's not easy to become a billionaire. I'm not saying though. it's easy to become a billionaire, but like there would be, I feel like that there should be the fact that he's the very first active NBA player to do it, I think, you know, says, says a lot. I think he's got a lot of he's gotten a lot of notoriety through basketball and he's been able to expound upon that in the business space and use his visibility to get. And I think that there are just as many basketball players that have come through that have also been like huge, larger than life. Mm -hmm. But I think. Well, they just don't have the business savvy. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I feel like that, you know, the money management piece is going to be huge and the team is also going to be, you know, huge. And I feel like. That you know, with him being the first, yeah, it's great that this is happening and it's a fizz. But I feel like it should have happened already by now. Um, but well, but yeah. Um. Okay. I Meg the Stallion, Plan B music video. Did you watch it? Uh. No. Have you seen it? No. Oh, you haven't. No. It's cute. It's good. It's good. It's seen uh it. stripped down. It's like she's clean. black in the black background she it's very clean she's in her Mugler suits okay. you know um I, it's very polished she looks great in it 
I like it. I like the song. I like the video. It's hot. Um, I, <laughs> I, for this, I give a total fizz, but I just, I think it was you or it was somebody I was around. We were, I was at a barbecue for Memorial Day and Meg, uh, somebody had said that Dua Lipa left, uh, um, that song of theirs. What is the song called? The sweetest, the sweetest pie. Sweetest pie. Do a leap of the sweetest pie for dead, honey. <laughs> like mm. left it cold in its tracks. Like she it said went she didn't do nowhere. nothing with it. Yeah. Like she, I didn't even. I don't even think she ever performed it with Megan beyond the video. It might be later. It might be you know. But I mean, like, coming up. the song is kind of fizzed out now. And so I'm like, damn. Like I, I thought if, this could have been came a on good today, hit. I would dance to it. I mean, I like the song, but I mean, I don't even. I don't even know where it is on the charts, but. Child. Anyways, what do you think of her the song? Um, you're gonna have to watch the video. I think Plan B, the song is not very tempting to me. I don't really, oh, really? like the song. No, mm. that was like a little slow. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll watch the video when I you. I've I've said it time and time again on this podcast. Videos aren't what they used to be. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> so I mean, so what are you giving it? I, I I don't like the song, so I'm gonna give this a flat. Who? Y'all hear that? Yeah, they yeah, I, I think everybody heard it. Okay, hotties. <laughs> Do your thing, hotties. <laughs> you better watch out. Yeah, give me some give me some notoriety on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> At Trend R D. Yeah. Um, all right, what else do you have? Um Oh, I do want to talk about so little Kim. It was recently, I think she announced it at a um, celebration uh, for uh, Biggie Smalls, who would have been uh, 50. Oh, yeah, um, that was just recently. Yeah, so, it, yeah, it was, it was recently. But she announced there that there is going to be a biopic in the works um, about her life. And so I thought that that was really cool and super exciting to hear. Um, I'm not sure exactly where it is in the process. I don't know if there's a script or what. Um, there have been talks about it um, because she was she's also writing a memoir um, mm. about you know about her life, and so I, I think that. that the from what I understand the movie will be based on that memoir. Uh, um, so really cool. I'm excited. I would definitely love to see a, a little Kim biopic. Um, Who is playing little Kim? Well, that is now that That's is another I, question for another day. So. Who was when they asked account. her about it, they kind of pressed her and she said she didn't know. She was like, I don't have someone in mind. I'm not really sure. But in 2021, just last year, she was saying in an interview that she would want, uh, she wanted Tiana Taylor to play her. She wanted Tiana Taylor. Um, I know who's definitely not playing her. Well, she doesn't need to. Uh, Tory Norton, she's not playing her because... Lil' Kim was very dissatisfied nah, with um, her portrayal in, in uh, the Biggie biopic. She didn't like her then, but yeah. I'm she said mad she, at Tiana. But, but so I was trying to figure out why she didn't say Tiana at the party because they did ask her who she would want mm -hmm. to play and she didn't say Tiana. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe she's, she's just trying to keep her eyes. Yeah, maybe yeah. she's just trying to keep options open. But she did say, I do remember her saying that, I'm going to pull it up, but it was just basically saying that she would want Tiana Taylor and that they had, you know, some, 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 some similarities. Mm -hmm. um, I also remember, do you remember when Tiana Taylor did that Lil' Kim tribute? Yeah. And VH1. I was like, she killed it. Yeah. She really did. 
she killed it. So I don't know. I she mean, really did. I de- I could definitely see it. Dressed in all black. Uh, I don't know who else I could see because I mean it's got to be somebody with a um musicality of some sort. Yeah, she said this in 2021. In a, in essence, mm-hmm. she said it can only be a girl that's from the hood that I'm from. I yeah. love Tiana. She's my only other thought. There's nobody else in this industry at all but Tiana. That's what she said. Well, uh, well, I guess we'll see. Let's uh, let me think on this. Maybe I'll come back to this in a later episode. But I'm definitely giving this a fizz. I would love to see a little Kim biopic. I feel like she's definitely gonna have some things to talk about. You know, when you think about her rise in Bad Boy and you know, um, Junior Mafia, Junior Mafia, and then you kind of think about the things that have happened later on in the life, the jail time, and you know. Those things, are, it, it would be huge. So, yeah. Isn't that so funny? Her rising from me. Junior Mafia and being in like that kind of rap group and doing her own thing. And then Puff Daddy and the family and yeah. Young Money and Drake and Nikki basically doing sort of the same thing. Very similar. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, I would love to see this movie I, and read the memoir actually. I can't wait for the memoir to come out because I would definitely buy it. Um, Okay, I have one last thing. Okay. Let's talk BET Award nominations. Yeah, so the BET snubs. Award nominations came out um, this past week. Doja Cat leading. She got six. Six nominations uh, for Planet Her. So best female RB pop artist um, and female hip-hop artist. Hmm. She has some hip-hop songs on her. She got nominated for both. What are we classifying? I mean, does Kiss she- Me More got nominated for uh, best uh, for video of the year and best collaboration. Okay, uh, it's a that's a pop song. Okay. So, but okay, great. Um, Ari we- Lennox also has got uh, four nominations. Okay. Uh, pressure. She has some uh, for pressure. Uh, yes, but then also. Unloyal with Summer Walker was oh, also yeah. nominated. Here's a cute um, song. Yeah, I really did like that song, actually. I it. So, hmm. Drake is also pulling some nominations for Best Male Hip Hop Artist, Best Collaboration, as well as Video of the Year for Way Too Sexy. Oh, uh, okay. That's so really Future, cool. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Lil Nas is not too happy. So I did see that Lil Nas is definitely not happy. And I am number one all the way behind this because this is some BS. Yeah, I'm a as little far as the side eye. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after this is from Variety and it's saying after the list of BET nominations was announced on June 1st, Lil Nas X took to Twitter, Twitter to vent his frustrations at the award show for snubbing him for a second year. And on the first day of Pride Month, might we add, and a series of deleted, that's right, right, and a series of deleted tweets, the rapper called out the network for leaving him out of the nominations despite the success of his debut album Montero, which held hit singles Montero, Call Me by Your Name, Industry Baby, um, huge year for him. It was a very huge year. Montero was also nominated for five Grammy awards this year. And he, the tweet says, "Thank you, BET Awards, and outstanding zero nominations again." He wrote in a tweet on um, 
Twitter, uh, Twitter, and he also said hashtag Black Excellence. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this? I, I I totally get it. I totally agree. I think the BET Awards has a history of treating the LGBTQ community Why? Uh, poorly, very poorly, and throwing them under the rug. Um, you know, I this is this crazy for someone who had to have had the career that Lil Nas X has had. Um, and to you not be nominated, five Grammy nominations, and to be not nominated for a BET award ever, I think that that's that's yeah, that's well, he had was crazy. nominated for best new artist. Oh, but okay. He lost. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was um, nominated for best new artist, but, but he lost. You know, for him to not have anything this year was like off it, of Montero. That, that was, was earth shattering. Like, he had a couple number um, one hits. I don't off know of if you album. remember, um, B. Scott had to sue BET. I think I do remember because that. of how poorly uh, she was treated at the BET Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, like she arrived on set because she was supposed to be doing the red carpet correspondence piece, and was like told that she had to like tone her like tone the makeup down. Like was like you can't have that makeup on. I think they made her like pull her hair back. It was it was crazy um, the way that they made like. Made made her, I guess, thin down mm-hmm. in order to be on television. It was it was nuts, and she actually ended up having to go uh, to court with them. I can't remember what happened with that, but I think BT has a history of doing this with um, the LGBTQ community. Mm. Um, That's not good. It, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. I uh, and when you think of all the other people that have been nominated for BT awards, yeah, I'm. Sti- it's I'm like, still well, confused. wait, hold just... on. Why like how not give him the nomination? Like he should definitely have best song, best record, uh, or maybe a best single or something like. He's had two number one hits off of this album, like Billboard Hot 100 hits number mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that's crazy. I this is a flat for me. I the the article goes on to say that it shows Lil Nas responding to some of the critics who were saying, um, it says Nas also quote tweeted a response to a critic who had questioned what he had put out that should deem him worthy of a nomination. And then Lil Nas said, I don't know, maybe three of the biggest songs of last year and a critically acclaimed. Yeah, album. let's talk let's talk about who the nominees actually are for male RB pop artists. Okay. Uh, Chris Brown, Giveon. Wait, who? I'm just what? telling you who Wait. they are. Chris Brown, Giveon, Lucky Day, The Weeknd, Wizkid, Young Blue, and Blixed. I know who a few of those are. I know who Chris Brown is. I know who Giveon is. I know who Lucky Day is. I know who The Weeknd is. But these All of other those. three, Wizkid is. The I don't know who that song. is. You do. I don't need no other body. Nope, can't yeah. give it to you. Uh, yes, you Young do. Blue and Blix. I don't, know I don't know. I don't know that man. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so wait, are we putting Little Nas X in the R and B? Well, let's category? just go to male hip hop if okay. we want to. Okay. Okay, which is a little bit more. This is a little bit more tight. Drake, Future, J Cole, mm-hmm. Jack Harlow, who had a collaboration with, with Little Nas, Nas X. X. Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar, and Lil Baby. While I'm on the subject, can I be honest? What? 
I do not like Jack Harlow's song, Fabulous. Okay. And I feel like it's used the so Fergie? much on Twitter. I love Glamorous mm-hmm. by Fergie, yes. But I just don't like, like everybody uses that song literally on every video that they do online. And it's like, yeah, I'm sick of this song. I don't like it. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I can't get over the fact that Jacques Carlo looks like the Burger King uh, mascot. That's what really takes me out every time I see him. But yeah, I mean, that's a little bit more tight of a category. But I mean, the fact that I think he would fit in a pop artist. I think that he would have fit perfectly in this male B male R and B pop artist. Yeah. Um, stuff. And I think also because the numbers that he's done, yes, he probably he's should be in the, everyone he could on be, that list. Yeah, and probably half of the people in the hip hop artist list as well. Yeah. And has more hits than half of the people. It's definitely a flat for me because this is yeah, this, this is, is just crazy. This is unfortunate. Yet again, like, all right, BET, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? That's all I got. All right. Well, let's wrap this show up with final thoughts, Marcus. What are you leaving with as your final thought of the week? Let's. You know, it's Pride Month. Let's uplift those queer LGBTQ performers who are creating great music and, you know, not getting the recognition that they deserve. Let's make sure that we highlight those people like a Lil Nas who's doing just fine. Saucy Santana, Big Frida, Ocean Kelly. Yeah. All of these girls. So that's all I got to say. Okay. Um, I think for me, I'm going with, I go back to some of the things that we talked about in Wu Chow. And when you are looking to cause destruction, whether it be, you know, by tearing somebody down, by suing them, by going after them, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. I'm talking about Monique. I'm talking about, um, Mm -hmm. You know, just the situation, the people going after Mariah Carey, like when you are seeking to, you know, bring, bring someone else into a, into a messy situation, make sure that you just take the second thought and make sure that what you're doing is accomplishing what you're actually trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, if is is it going to change what your contract looks like? Maybe not. Is is the money going to change? Yes, but then the principle is: Are you going to go sue those other 177 works that also have the same title of your song? Okay, um, by counter suing somebody for a hundred million dollars, is that going to accomplish what you think it wants? What you what you want to achieve? Um, so that's what I think that that's kind of like my second thought of just like taking that taking that second look to make sure that the actions that you're doing and what you're going for is actually what you're after. Is it going to produce the result that you want? You better say that. Come on. So, Come on, somebody. So, yeah. So that's why I'm kind of, you know, not to get philosophical on y'all, but that's that's kind of like what I'm leaving this at. All right. So where can they find that's it? our show. You can find us on social media at Cold Pop Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, you can find us at Cold Pop Podcast on Facebook. 
You can find me at Trenton Rashad on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end on all the socials. Thank you all so much for listening. It's a jam-packed episode. I'm pretty sure this one will be over an hour. Uh, so enjoy. And yeah. we'll see you all next We back. <laughs> Bye.